Oh, there we go. Why don't you go ahead and grab a seat and we'll get started here. All right. Um, my name is Rich. I'm one of the pastors here at the Firehouse. Just want to welcome you here this morning. If you're new with us and visiting, just encourage you to, to relax, make yourself at home. Um, we're, we've started a series here for the month of October called The Road Less Traveled. And uh, kind of a couple thoughts behind that one. Some of you might have uh, know, might know of the poem from Robert Frost. It's kind of uh, entitled the same thing here. Um, and it talks about how, at the end of the poem, it just talks about how um, he chose the road it was less traveled by, and it's made all the difference. You know, and we're kind of doing um, our, our own version of that uh, idea here, except it's um, not just choosing the road less traveled because less people are doing it or whatever. We're talking about the road less traveled that is uh, following Jesus, and it's following Jesus in different phases of life. And I just think about the classic... Um, calling of a disciple and Jesus called the first ones like this and he still uses that same call today but he just says come follow me Jesus said and I will make you fishers of men and this series is really just designed designed to talk about what following Jesus looks like in these different phases and um, you know there's unique expressions whether a person's single or married or has kids or you know different combinations here and so this morning we're going to focus in on the facet of the road less traveled as it relates to to moms and motherhood. Uh, I think we, we're going to have a panel here that I'm going to interview, but really, I think you could call it, um, we're calling it kind of the idea is real stay-at-home moms of Denver, you know, and so it's uh, it's maybe not as glamorous as Real Housewives of Atlanta, but same idea. So, um, but anyways, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, why don't we just take a moment here to welcome up our our panel here, Sarah Albert, Morgan Thatcher, and Grace Weeman. Why don't you give them a, a, well, a warm welcome? We didn't bring any tissues this time. I might need some tissues here. We'll have to see. But, uh, oh, we got, we got one. Okay, that's good. I'm going to go ahead and just pray, uh, uh, kind of commit our time here, and then we'll, we'll jump in. So, guys, we'll let's just bow our heads and pray one more time here. Um, Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the things you want to accomplish in our hearts, in our minds, in our wills here this morning. And I just pray that you would open up a channel that we could hear your voice, as uh, the scriptures say today, if we hear your voice. Do not harden our hearts. God, help us to hear your voice. Speak through um, each of these moms who are going to be sharing here. God, I pray that you would use what they share to encourage our hearts, to encourage our faith, to encourage our belief that you have a design for all of us, an assignment for all of us to carry out. God, I just pray you'd be honored here, Jesus, that your name would be lifted up. Um, and we just commit this time to you in your name. Amen. All right, let's see here. So, um... Well, we'll start by uh, just kind of introducing you guys self a little bit. Um, tell maybe, you know, your names. Many might know you, but maybe your names, names of your kids, and um, a fun fact about you. Uh, so you don't, have to, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. But if you want to throw one in, then we won't complain. So. Sure. 
Well, my name is Grace Weeman, and I'm married to Jeff, and we have three kids. Caleb is our oldest. He's four and a half. Brannigan is our little girl, and she's about two and a half. And then we have Mason, who just turned one in July. So Brannigan and Mason are 15 months apart, so they're pretty close. And a little fun fact is I have ran a marathon. Ah. Yes. Nice. Bravo. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm married to Brad, and we have our first little baby, Phoebe, who's four and a half months old. And I don't know, fun fact, but I broke both my arms at different times growing up. Did that uh, affect your profession at all? Is that why you got a physician's assistant? All right, okay. Um, I'm Morgan, and I'm married to Ridge, and we have five kids. Rory is 10, Graham is 8, Justice is 6, Judah is 3, and Garrison is 1. And a fun fact about me is I have not ran a marathon. Uh, yeah, all right. I don't know. That's real fun. Sounds good. Um, so I thought we, we had set the stage by um, just kind of taking a look at why um, you know, and we, we just want to uh, recognize that there's a lot of different uh, moms, you know, in, in life and in society and different circumstances and things like that. But uh, this morning we're going to specifically take time to look at why being a stay-at-home mom is really the, the road less traveled in, you know, in many ways more than it's ever been. And, and yet we're going to talk about why we think there, there might be some different results that are coming from that road as well. But maybe let's just open it up a little bit on your perspective on this stay-at-home moms and why that seems to be a less traveled road in, in this day and age. And you can, whoever wants to start first, I, I said they can Rochambeau on any of these things if you want to, so or rock, paper, scissors, whatever you want to do there. Um, well, uh, um, in relation to that question, why is being a mom who's given her heart to raising her children a road that is less traveled? And if you know me, I have quite the... I love talking about your identity in Christ. And so to me, I really think it boils down to that. And as a mother and as a woman, where is your identity? And is it founded on what God has very clearly laid out for us in the Bible, all the verses? Is it founded on that? Or is it founded on what this world tries to tell us it should be? You know, is it having the cutest outfits all the time or um, working your way up the corporate ladder or if you have really loved ones, family and friends who try to tell you to be this or that type a mother based on the new hip book out there about mothering, where is your identity? And I think, um, so to me, that makes it easier to walk this road less, less traveled because I feel like by God's grace, my identity really is found on what he has said it should be founded in. And I view being a mother the way God wants me to, and I view it as a joy and a delightful thing. And I don't resent my children at all, and I don't feel like they've stunted me from being able to be this amazing, you know, career woman or whatnot. Like, I look at them as this beautiful calling from the Lord, and I have really embraced it. And I want to just say, too, not just speaking to mothers, but to all the women in this room, you are, most of you are future moms, and I would encourage you, no matter what phase of life you're at, if you are a mom right now, or if you are married and don't have kids, or if you are not married yet, you need to get squared away with your identity and how God views you as a woman, because it plays into being a mother. And so I would encourage you, no matter what phase of life you are at, that is something that you should really fight to be confident in, and live your life with that confidence and just 
um, believe truth about who God has made you as a woman. I think um, one of the verses that I like when it comes to um, the, just even the foundation of being a mom is in Galatians 1.10. It says, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God, or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Obviously, in our world right now, it is an unpopular thing to be a stay-at-home mom. But I also think, just like Grace was saying, that's not where I find my um, identity. That's not where I find my uh, approval. I'm not trying to... Uh, win the approval of men. I'm trying to win the approval of God, and He has very clearly laid it out um, in the Bible what my role is supposed to be. And I agree that it's um, massively becoming less and less of a, um, or more and more of a road less traveled to be a stay-at-home mom. But I also think that um, that for us as uh, women who believe the Bible, that we have it pretty clearly laid out for us what God has called us to do. Um, let's see here. So I just, maybe a couple questions along that line. Um, do people say, uh, uh, I don't know, in different circles, say, um, how, how, how do, uh, I know you guys are all a part of like a network of Highland Mommies here, hundreds of moms, but is being a stay-at-home mom um, highly esteemed or valued in, in groups like that or in general, would you say, in Denver? Is that staying home, uh, does that seem like a a popular, cool, and whatever trendy thing to do right now? Yes. <laughs> yes. No, do you want us to elaborate? No, oh, I'm just trying to draw out some, um, I'm just trying to draw out some of the contrast. So, uh, well, well, yeah. If I'm I, this is not actually for me, but Christine had this experience this oh, yeah. weekend. <laughs> She's, um, she was at a, like, kids consignment sale and was talking to the lady behind her and she didn't have any of her kids because they were all home. Um, but, She's made a comment that she had five kids, and the lady turned to the person behind her and acted like Christine couldn't even hear or something and said, you couldn't pay me to have five kids. And Christine was like, wow, you know, that's, like, incredible that that would be the the comment because she views her children as such a blessing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great example. Um, So, I mean, I think uh, one of the things I try to set the stage in that uh, in previous generations, maybe our parents' generation and maybe even the generation before that, to be a stay-at-home mom was was valued by society, it was supported, it was looked on highly, you know, but I think over the years it seems like today it's more valued to look on a woman who's independent and strong and develops her own career and is not, um, her her dreams are not snuffed out by being a stay-at-home mom. In some ways I think to be, when you say I'm a stay-at-home mom, some people can maybe feel sorry for you, right? I mean, have you noticed that sentiment at all as being moms in this day and age? Yes, okay, good. <laughs> and I, I think it's, you know, it's kind of obvious out there. Um, and so it is a road that is less and less traveled. Um, and yet, you know, one of the questions we've got to ask is, if that is the case, if some of your very own peers or some of your um, people in this generation aren't looking highly on that, why would, why would someone choose to go down this road? And, and maybe more specifically, why would... Why did you, each of you, choose that? And, and we might even start with um, Sarah. I just think about um, some of the academic circles. Sarah has probably more degrees than the three of us added up here or something. I don't know. Um, and, um, you know, was, I, I think, progressing pretty rapidly in, the, in, in your profession as phys- 
physician's assistant, is that right? Nurse practitioner. Nurse practitioner, that's even better, I think. Um, so, um, but anyways, why, if that was how you spent a lot of time and money and effort, there's a lot of prestige in that, um, why would you choose this road and and how did those choices play out for you here recently? Yeah, yeah. like I said, um, my baby's uh, just like four and a half months old, so it's been a more recent start to this journey. Um, but certainly when I was, when we got pregnant, we kind of started, um, you know, I, I um, there's this road less traveled in kind of every phase of life, and so I was wanting to seek God on what he, what would be his way for me in this phase of life, and not necessarily just what would come the easiest or be, you know, what everybody around me was doing, which, you know, in my, I worked for Kaiser as a nurse practitioner, and I had a great job and loved my coworkers and my work, and, um, you know, I worked with a lot of working moms. They all, a bunch of them had little kids or had babies while I knew them and was working with them, and you know, so they were juggling all that, and it was kind of just the assumption that that's what you did because you needed an outlet, you needed your own personal time, you needed your own, you know, fulfillment and your, you know, career advancement and stuff. To the point where they they didn't even ask me if I was coming back; they just assumed I was coming back, and it was never really something that got brought up until later. So, um, yeah, so I just spent a lot of time seeking God. I think when when I was pregnant to try and find what what His will would be, and there was some verses He gave me um, in Luke twelve twenty one. Um, says yes every person is a fool who gets rich on earth but not in heaven um so that seemed to speak kind of to the thought of you know going down to one income is kind of a sacrifice and um certainly it would be more fun and convenient we could do more stuff if we had two incomes but that verse made it kind of clear to me that that wasn't where my treasure should be not where that's not where i should be working towards um matthew 23 11 says the more lowly your service to others the greater you are to be the greatest be a servant but those who think themselves great shall be disappointed and humbled and those who humble themselves shall be exalted and kind of along that vein in jeremiah 45 it says should you seek great things for yourself seek them not so you know i could have i definitely had the option of wanting to you know keep up that part of my life and my career and get the you know get the praise there and stuff but um just really felt that it was God's leading and the road less traveled that he would have for me would just be to give that up and stay home with Phoebe and um so yeah I think I'm looking forward to the rewards he has in store for that and I'm glad for that decision so um let's see and and maybe I mean if you guys want to speak to the why why did you choose this was this uh what you had always aspired to do as a child or what were some of the... Um, I don't know, actually. I have no idea what I wanted to be as... No, I wanted to be a nurse as a child, but um, I think the reason that I chose this road less traveled is because of this um, verse in the Bible in Galatians 6. It said, Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. But the one who... um, Plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in Him, harvest the crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. And so I just feel like that verse for me, when when we started or I started out mothering 10 years ago, was very clear that, you know, Morgan, don't be misled. Um, what you plant is what you're going to harvest. So as a mom, what you plant into your children is what you're going to harvest in I said this at the earlier service, but I think it's um, kind of this remarkable thing that we do. We have this God who created the world, and he, you know, created the role of 
a man and a woman and a husband and a wife and a father and a mother. And then he also very clearly gave some pretty simple instructions on how you're supposed to live it out and um, how to make this um, successful. And then we as women um, have the... I don't know, the gall to stand up and say, well, I have a better idea, and I can do it better, and I don't believe it. I believe the Bible, and I believe that God, what God says is true, and that God says, hey, as far as being a mom goes, you need to invest your time and your heart and your children on a you know 24-hour basis, except for when they're hopefully sleeping. And, um, and, and I believe that verse, I, and that's why... Um, I, we, chose to have me stay home with our kids too. So, And, uh, you know, maybe before you pass it, you, you guys could also speak to this, and Sarah if you want to as well, but uh, I know um, you, you both happen to be, um, in some ways, a uh, second generation of seeing this lived out. You know, it's one thing, some, someone's never seen it before and they're trying to decide if they would do this or not, um, but you have been in families where your, your parents valued the role of a, a stay-at-home mom and you saw also maybe results of uh, how that plays out. Would you maybe speak to I mean, I think that's got to be somewhat of a motivating factor as well, going, I know how this can work and I want to see things like that. Um, if you guys want to speak to that at all, either one of you. Yeah, um, like Rich said, I do think I am like a second-generation Christian. My parents got saved when they were in college, and they definitely were reading the Bible and reading it for what it said, and we're like, okay, we want to live this out. And so my mom did stay at home with us. I'm one of seven, and um, she did a really good job of modeling um, a content heart to be with her kids, and she viewed us all like a treasure and a blessing. And so that does make it easier for me to view my days with my kids because I had it modeled to me. And I'm very thankful for her heart that she chose to do that. And there are many other women in this room who have done that, Julie and Gretchen and different ladies who are um, being at home with their kids and just investing in the little years and the big years and all that. And so I think that did make it easier for me to choose just seeing it modeled from my parents and others. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also think that um, I, I, I treasure the fact that, that mom stayed home. I think our family today is, is the family that it is because mom stayed home and invested in all of us kids and the relationships that I have with my siblings and with my parents and that we all have with each other I think is um, uh, a direct result of the, of the effort that mom put into all us seven as well. But um, I also think that one thing that's encouraging is that if you didn't have a mom that modeled that to you or you don't have that kind of a, a family background that you're coming from, I think the amazing thing about being in a church family is that you can look at the examples around you. And yes, we're up here and, you know, I've been a mother for 10 years and 5 years and 5 months and stuff. But I also think that we're part of a church that has an unbelievable heritage of women that have gone before us and their children are um, grown or nearly grown and almost all out of the house. And I agree with Grace Julie being one of them. And I, I spend a lot of my time listening and watching the way that these women have ran their families and the fruit that they get from the choices that they've made. And I, I look at that on one hand and I think, okay, they did that because the Bible says to do it this way, and then look at the fruit that they've gotten from their families. And then I also look at what the world is telling us, and I look at... Um, 
the fruit from that and you know you show up and I think all of us have probably had that we show up to the, a playground or uh, Walmart or McDonald's or anything and you see the kids that are running around our world today and I don't want that fruit and I don't want my children to be like that and I don't want them to grow up and be teenagers and then have those teenagers that are behaving like that and so I just think that there's a lot of hope for us and for the women who don't have that and haven't had a mom model that we have an amazing amazing rich blessing and rich heritage of women and men because their husbands obviously support them in that but women who have gone before us and I want the fruit of their choices and their families and their children I think are a blessing and, and I, so that I think that's a hope for any of us who have maybe not had that before. I think Sarah maybe if you'd say a word too uh, being just in your your experience, your observations in your church family in Loveland and how some of that that you, you also have seen things even, you know, it may have played out differently in your family. I'm not exactly sure how, how that was, you know, modeled to you but You've seen you've seen it play out in other families as well. If you'd say anything related to that, and maybe in your own family as well. Yeah, my mom. Um, my mom was worked in the airlines for 14 years, and then when I was in fourth grade, she chose to quit her job and stay home to homeschool us. So I was always super, super thankful for that. I'm, um, I'm, yeah, just really thankful for the sacrifice she made. And you know, now she's kind of back in that world, working a little bit and stuff. But I just know that was a huge sacrifice for her. But um, just really thankful for that and yeah I think I was surrounded by lots of families too growing up um, I was thinking of Melissa Swing I have always thought I wanted to be like her and you might not know her she's um, her family is their missionaries in China now but um, she also had a master's degree and was a speech therapist and stuff and she gave all that up to stay home with her kids too and um, you could just tell by her life though how rewarded she was just by her work and having a content heart in her family and that was um, she definitely just blossomed in that world and she, just because she chose to be cheerful and to make that choice and um, so I appreciate her example too. So. That's good and you know just one verse I wanted to share along this line so that you guys are speaking to and um, this is one that we've shared recently in the parenting conference. It's one just to think about in, in any phase of life that you're in but it says this in Hebrews 13:7. It says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And you know, I just think we have uh, we have been blessed to be a part of a movement of churches, an association of churches that, if you look at the outcome of the way of life of, of those that have gone before us, maybe the previous generation, the results that are are happening because of their choices of faith are radically different than than uh, obviously the rest of the world, but they're they're very different even than the rest of Christianity in the United States. And uh, you know the, the passage is very clear. It says, look at the results and, and imitate. If you like those results, or whether you like them or not, when you imitate their faith, it's directly related to those results. And so I always like to ask the question, what what did these people believe? What did uh, you know uh, the generation before us? What did the John Myers and the Rick Whitney's and the Craig Swings and some of these that have led families before? What did they believe about the assignments that God has given us? What steps of faith did they take? And that's what I want to imitate. And, you know, just statistics recently, um, our association of churches is not the oldest one on the block. You know, I think uh, we uh, back in the 70s is really when 
things got moving. Um, and and so um, we've always probably refrained from uh, doing tracking statistics. You know, we, we don't run tightly with uh, the Barna Research Group or things like that. But at some point, some people have encouraged us and said, you know, you ought to do some internal statistics throughout your, your churches nationwide and see what sort of results um, are happening here. And, and they did some different studies based on, you know, things related to marriage, things related to uh, parenting and children. And, you know, I know the statistics on marriage uh, right now, you know, the divorce rate, um, they say, you know, the, they, the statistics vary, but they can range from, of all currently existing marriages, whether it's first time or, or remarriages or things like that, the statistics would say about 50% of those will end in divorce. New marriages, some would say it's closer to maybe a third of every new marriage will end in divorce. And, and one of the statistics they found in our set of churches was the divorce rate was somewhere between 2 and 3% of the marriages happening within these churches are ending in divorce. And um, we would attribute that to the grace of God, but also to, to people who've gone before us and said, here's, here's God's design for a successful marriage. Let's, let's try by faith to live this out. And we're seeing different results. The same is proved true in parenting. And I think about um, the examples that we have. But they did a study just on uh, as, parent, as kids get to be 19 years old, um, pastors' kids, as they did a study on, just because sometimes pastors... Kids can be the ones that, uh, you know, they jump, ship, they jump ship and they go, oh, that's what they were doing. I'm going to do something else. They do kind of the, I don't know, the footloose thing or something like that. But, um, but anyway, so they did a study of pastors of kids across our association. And they said um, the numbers were something like um, at the age of 19 and, and older that about 80% of the kids raised in, in families within the, the churches, our, our association, were 80% of them are tracking with loving God and carrying that out in a, in a great commission type church like our association. They said the numbers are even higher for those that are, are following the Lord and carrying that out even in other good churches. It's 90% of the children in, um, in the leadership, you know, the, the pastor's kids of the previous generation here, which is, uh, in comparison, there was a study that the Southern Baptists did on just children coming out of their homes. And they found that after they leave the home, the statistics showed that about 80% of them turn their back on their church and on their faith. And that's just, a, you know, even a margin of error on, on those statistics, you just go, that's a staggering difference among some really solid believers that have a heart for the Lord. And, and I would just say one of the verses, one of my life verses related to that is just, it says, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And we've been given some great examples to imitate here. And you're also seeing some examples that, that you can imitate as well. And so, anyways, we're going to um, shift gears a little bit here to um, the question of... Um, so, you know, I think about uh, when maybe as a single person we hear Jesus call, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of the souls of men and women. You know, that idea. And, and you've, you've all seen that play out in, in your own life when you were single. And maybe to some degree when you're married as well, it kind of changes. But how does the um, come follow me, how does that change? Or what are some things you would say as far as uh, how that might look different as a mom with with maybe some fishing for the souls of men that are, you know, souls of men and women that are, are different shapes and sizes than previously, you know, uh, experienced? Or, or just would each of you kind of speak to how does, how does that look the same or different um, in this phase? Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, I'm kind of, in, I think, in a little different spot since I have a little more availability with just one baby to take care of. Um, 
but I, as I was kind of looking at life now and thinking about how it would change as I, you know, as life as years go by and if we had more kids and got busier, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I was like, I really want to take advantage of the time that God's given me now to try and be faithful with it. And so just trying to be in the community and, you know, we go to the library story time to try and just really for the purpose of trying to meet some moms that are lost. I can kind of try and build some relationships there for the gospel and, and even, um, you know, with like my neighbors and that kind of thing, um, chances to chat with them and, and just God giving opportunities there. Um, so I think, yeah, it just looks different. And then, and I always think it was easier. It's easy in every phase of life. I think, oh, it'll be easier in this next phase somehow because there'll be, you know, it'll be easier once you're out of college because then there's, you know, there everybody has a job or something. Or it'll be easier once I'm married because then I can talk to couples. Or I don't know, different things. But I think that's always a real trap, and it's good to just be faithful with the phase of life you're in right now and how God would have you use your time now. So. And, and maybe if you don't mind, uh, I'll draw out the story of recently with your neighbors and even, yeah. you know, maybe uh, in Investing relationships in the Highland Mommies world there. Yeah, yeah. There's some moms I've been trying to meet with with on Highland Mommies just to be friends with them and um, and have chances with them. And then yeah, my next door neighbor's daughter. I got a chance to. I was just chatting with her one day when I was coming home from doing errands or something, and um, and God just opened up an opportunity to go through the diagram with her, which was really cool. And she she decided to accept Christ, and that's been really exciting. So um, I think yeah, I just think God's faithful and to give opportunities when we're faithful to look for them, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I would say that um, my home, my three children, they are my little mission field and my primary little disciples that I, Lord willing, will all come to know the Lord one day. And um, so I view them like that. And obviously if I get an opportunity with neighbors or lost people, you know, I want to try to take advantage of that too, but I think it's having a heart where I look at them and I'm like, okay, I love these kids and I want them all to come to know their Savior someday and I will be careful in my speech and in my actions and just modeling that and bringing Jesus into our conversations so that my incredibly intelligent four-year-old who can have some of the most impressive questions for a four-year-old, you know, I can like help lead him in the way of righteousness and so I view them as my little disciples that will come to know him someday. I think um, being, um, since my kids are a little bit older, then we're just a little bit further down than even that. And um, I shared this story earlier, but I thought it was so, so cool, and it so touched my heart yesterday because we had the harvest party, and we have um, a little b- um, boy that lives across the street from us, and um, we met him this summer, and he has um, actually met him in the spring, and he's spent a lot of time with our family. He's very, very sweet, and their family is very sweet, and um, my kids on their own without any um, prompting from Rich or I have really had a heart for him and um, are praying for him and are praying that he would become a believer and would go to church with us and his family would come and they um, made these little invitations for um, Eddie to come to our harvest party yesterday and they um, told me this last week, they, we talked about it every day, but um, Rory and Graham both told me that one of the biggest reasons that they wanted to invite him um, to our harvest party was because they wanted him to meet people from church. Because they were like, if he meets people from church, he's going to want to come to church. And if he comes to church, then he's going to hear about God, and all, you know, and he's going to go to Sunday school with us. And that was it so touched my heart like as a mom who is trying to invest in these little children like Grace was saying um, it touched my heart that 
that my investing in them is multiplying threefold between Rory Graham and Jess right now and that they have this heart for this little boy and so all day long yesterday they were like do you think he's going to come do you think he's going to come and I'm like he's going to come guys you know you've been praying and they have been praying all week long that he would come and they probably on their own like three times yesterday stopped what they were doing and they said let's pray that Eddie comes and I was like God you better bring Eddie <laughs> seriously I don't know what needs to happen but that little boy needs to come you know? um, and he came and it was so cool he spent several hours with our family and then his mom came over and we got to meet her and we actually met her earlier but we got to chat with her and I got to introduce her to Rich and it was so sweet it was so sweet for my heart for just my heart to see my kids I think that phrase more is caught than taught catches my attention all the time because I can say things all the time to my kids but if I'm saying you have to have a heart for the lost and we never participate in any outrage probably not going to be real fitting and if I say you know we need to have a heart to pray for the lost but we're but we're not praying for the lost or we're not re- leading our family in that then it's probably not going to get caught there or passed down to the next generation and I'm so it just it blessed my heart it was a neat little fruit moment that I had to see yesterday and last night when I was laying in bed I was like thank you God for bringing Eddie <laughs> yeah. that's good um, and you know, and one thing I, I think about just uh, for for all of you, where you wherever you're at in life, um, you know, many of you, if you're single or things like that, and and we're thinking about being fishers of the souls of men and women. Um, to me, when I, I look at these women, it seems like the the pond for fishing in gets maybe potentially a little smaller than uh, you know 24,000 people at CSU or 50,000 in downtown Denver. Um, and I just really would encourage you to be thinking about it. Jesus has called all of us, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And um, your, your pond is probably a lot bigger than the pond that these women are fishing in right now. You know? And are you making the most of, of those opportunities? Because we're all called to follow him and to fish for the souls of men and women. And I just I appreciate your guys' example of making the most of the opportunities that are in your world, regardless of how big or small the pond is there. Um, but anyways, um, I want to ask this question here. Um, you know, I've noticed something I've noticed um, in this world of uh, maybe not highly esteeming the stay-at-home mom. I see two kind of maybe extremes that play out. Sometimes people hold on to both of these extremes. On, on the one hand, they, they look at the, uh, the role and the value of a stay-at-home mom and they kind of go, oh, that's great for you, but I'm... I really like uh, getting this size paycheck. I like the prestige that comes with this degree or whatever, and, and I'm glad you chose that. On the other hand, I also hear people sometimes that say, when they hear everything that you might do on a day-to-day basis and all that life entails and, and uh, you know having kids hanging off you and doing different things like that, and one hand they, they go, um, well, I don't know if I would do that. On the other hand, I think some maybe say, I don't know if I could do that. Uh, that's so, it's so hard. It's so... Emotionally involved, you got to keep motivated. You got to—I just don't even know if I could do that. And on one hand, they're saying I don't know if I would, and on the other hand, they go, oh, I just don't think I could. Which sometimes I think it masks the, the heart issues. I don't know if I would. But um, what? How do you do it? You know, I think that's got to be a question that someone goes, well, I, in my heart, maybe I want to. I, I just don't even know how that would be possible financially, or how that would be possible spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Um, what would you offer as some? Some answers to how how do you do that? Um. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think we all would say that we try to pursue the Lord daily, and we have a quiet time. And um, depending on the season of life you're at, sometimes it's a quick 10, 15 minutes, and I'm okay with that. I recognize it's a season. It's not those half-day-long quiet times I used to have, which I treasure those, but I don't look back on them selfishly wishing I, you know, I'm content where I am. But I would say that's the main thing. We all pursue the Lord every day. And I really think um, just claiming different promises and holding on to different verses at times when everyone's crying and fussing and all I want to do is start crying and fussing too. You know, and but instead I go, okay, God, you know, I need to handle this like a mature Christian woman. And I'm like the verse that God has like really given me over the years is that one that says, You are the God who sees me. And I think no matter what time of day it is or middle of the night, um, like the example I shared earlier was recently all my kids and Jeff, they all got this really horrible stomach bug and everybody was throwing up all night long and it was like washing the sheets at 2 in the morning and trying to get new ones on and washing them again at 2.30 in the morning and washing them again. Like, And I think the whole time, that one night where I felt like I was literally up the entire night taking care of four sick people, God just kept giving me that verse, you are the God who sees me. And I kept thinking in that moment when it was like not fun, I'm really tired, it's you know exhausting and I just kept thinking, God, I want you to be proud of what you see right now. And I want you to be delighted that I'm choosing to have a good attitude. And I am just loving my kids and serving them. And so so no matter what time of day or night it is, I think that's one verse that God has really given me, that has really helped me do this and try to do it well. Amen. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think um, one of the verses that the Lord um, brings to my mind often when I'm having the same situation, and I do, my my life is um, messy. It's not, um, I don't see my life through rose-colored glasses. It's, a, uh, it's, you know, somewhat chaotic and pretty loud and really busy, and I'm homeschooling three kids, and, you know, Judah is, Judah, and then I have a 15-month-old, or we have a 15-month-old, and you're trying to do, you know, laundry and cleaning, and my life is not in any way this, you know, perfectly manicured life that you just stop over any moment and everything would be bird singing and, you know, the mm-hmm. crickets chirping, but I think that often God reminds me um, that he brings that verse to mind, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places, and I just, I believe with all my heart that God has um, ordained this life for me to walk in and he's given me five kids and he's given me my amazing husband <laughs> and um, I I know that this is a life that God has for me and I claim that and I believe that to be true that the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places and and, and I think it's an honor to walk this out and to walk this life out. And I agree with Grace. I want the Lord to look down on me and say, you're doing a good job. Like, you know, it's really hard, but you're doing a great job and you're doing something that matters. And I would even say, um, you know, uh, I the world, I, I just think that it's good to recognize. I was talking um, with a couple people in the lobby after the first service. And I think that it's really wise for us as women to recognize whether we're single or whether we're married and we don't have kids or whether we're married with kids. I think it's really, really wise for us to recognize that the world and society is screaming their agenda at us. They are literally speaking it very, very loudly to us, and they are literally promoting their way of life. And I think that um, 
by the grace of God, we can be women who have gone before in any way, and we can boldly be screaming God's way of life to us and not be apologetic of that and not be mincing words and not be, oh, I don't want to offend you or anything like that. I just feel like it's wise to know that right now, wherever you're at, whether you don't have any kids or whether you're single yet, that that the world is communicating their lies to you and that it's wise like Grace was saying earlier about just but recognizing that we need to continue to go back to our identity and continue to go back to what God is saying to us and what the Lord has for us and I, I, I think that's wise to recognize that as well. Um, let's see, just as we kind of head towards closing things up here, um, I thought I'd have each one of you just kind of answer the question of if you could leave people with one. Um, you know, maybe there's, there's some uh, future moms or moms that are, you know, maybe inside that they go, boy, I'd love to be stay at home. I just don't think that's possible, you know. Um, um, or, or, you know, maybe it's women that are going to have to make a decision when they get married and have kids, you know. But what, what would be the one nugget of, of truth or maybe even reemphasizing some of the things you've said here that you would leave um, people with who are either wrestling with this or they're going to be wrestling with this or what's, what's the one maybe each one of you could just share a, a kind of a closing thought along that line and... um, yeah you know I guess I would I'm just thinking looking ahead at the fruit of other people's lives that have made this choice I would say it really seems worth the sacrifice you know and um, like I think the world agenda would say, you know, as a woman, you could do both things. You could have a career and be at home, and you can balance all those things. Um, but I just don't know, especially for me, but I just don't know that we can really do both of those things well. And when I, you know, I just think of getting to the end of my life, if, I, if I'm, am I going to get to the end of my life and say, gee, I wish I would have made more money and, you know, worked more as a nurse practitioner and, you know, built up my career and done more stuff or am I going to, you know, if, if my kids are falling apart, say, um, because I didn't invest in them or am I going to be glad that I invested there in what's eternal and what lasts and um, so I think that's what, what I would think. I would say um, if you are not a mom yet and you're most likely going to be one someday, I would just encourage you really, and I already said it earlier and Morgan kind of re-hit on it, but I'd really fight to get like your identity squared away about how God views you as a woman and um, and then just practice those things all the more now, loving this body of believers and laying down your life for this body of believers and just serving this body of believers and the lost around you because then when you're a mother someday, it will make it easier to love your little people and to serve your little people and to lay down your life for your people and sacrifice all your sleep and all your time and everything is just focused on these little people who... They could care less if you want to go have a little quiet time. Like, they're, the world revolves around them. So, you know, like, you just need to love them and serve them. And so, if you are a mom, I encourage you just to look at your kids from today on and every day on just with even more love and give them extra hugs and kisses and just be really thankful that God has given them to you. Because, I mean, I've only been a mom for four and a half years, but, man, it's going fast. So, you know, I don't want to lose my time with them. I agree with that. I agree with, I think that I was um, struck, Rory just turned 10 in September, and um, I was struck that I have less time with her. 
then I have more time and I have never had that as a mom before where I recognize okay like if she does you know goes to college around 18 then I have eight years left with my girl and how incredibly fast this last 10 years have gone and looking back on these 10 years I would not for any amount of money in the world or any career path or any personal time pick a different life my life is a good life our lives are full lives and if I had to rewind 10 years and okay you get a do-over Morgan what would you choose I, I would pick it again in a heartbeat I would never choose anything else the Lord has promise good to those who do what he says and it is a good life it is an amazing life it is a hard life but it is the most fulfilling life I have ever experienced to walk out what God has very clearly laid out for me and I would I would leave you with that verse don't be misled no one makes a fool of God what a person plants he will harvest sorry <laughs> I want to plant really well into my kids' life, and I want to harvest um, a, a great crop from their lives. I would never, ever, 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 ever pick a different life. God has given us a good life. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That's good. I just want to close with a few verses here. Um, one of them was uh, just from the, the one-year Bible even today, and it, it just talked. I, I thought it was amazing how it, it speaks to this idea of the road less traveled and some of the steps you guys are taking and the path you're on but um, Psalm 84 5 just says um, happy are those who are strong in the Lord who want above all else to follow your steps um, and then it goes on later in Psalm 84 11 it just says um, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk along his path and uh, you guys have chosen to follow him down this path and there's no good thing you'll lack in that and um, you know, the last thing I just wanted to close with was um, you know, again, I think about each of you is it's not only a stay-at-home mom, you're also a pastor's wife as well, which uh, uh, on top of just being a wife, on top of uh, having, you know, just your own personal walk with the Lord, it's a, it's a, it's a full place. You know, I go, um, in some, some cases, you know, when you say a pastor's wife, that has an added responsibility. You know, if you just said, hey, I'm, a, I'm an engineer's wife, you know, you go, okay, what are the connotations of that? You know, you might go, well, they're probably paid decent, they're probably, you know, job security might be alright, some different things like that. When you go a pastor's wife, I think the only thing is it means you, you do everything that you're going to do anyways and then you have added responsibility of making sure your your husband's keeping his act together or something like that, you know, and I just think there's a, but I do see that um, in your uh, especially this one there, yeah. um, but I do see there is a um, just your example of faith and sacrifice and love and obedience is, is good for all of us as we're trying to follow Christ here. I'm reminded of, of this passage here that I'm just going to close with that, that I think speaks to each one of you and, and many of the moms in our midst here. And um, you might know this passage. I'll just read it to you. You'll probably figure out where it comes from. But um, it just says this. Um, she is clothed, clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. 
Give her the reward she has earned. Let her works bring her praise at the city gate. And I just thought I'd close with maybe encouraging us all to help um, carry this out. But can we just do a round of applause for the moms, uh, these real stay-at-home moms here? Of, uh... We'll go ahead and pray here and, uh, and get on with our day as well. Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for this time together. Lord, I thank you for each one of these moms and just the stories you've given them and the faith you've given them and the, and the love and the obedience. And, and God, I just thank you for their example to, to every one of us as we try to carry out your role for us and your assignment to us. Lord, help us to do it with as much uh, faith and love and passion as these women. Lord God, I just pray you bless them and their families. I pray that you would help um, help the, all the moms in this church to know that uh, this is the place where your roles are valued, Lord. Your roles, even of a stay-at-home mom, are esteemed here. And we just thank you that you, you've uh, blessed us with, with women like that in our midst, women like that who have gone before us. And we just pray you bless these moms as well. And um, God, we just thank you for your wisdom through, through your word and through the scriptures here. We, we thank you for um, the faith of those that have gone before us. Help us to choose to believe uh, things that would bring about the same glorious results as we've seen. And we just uh, thank you for this morning as you bless the rest of our day. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you guys for joining us this morning. Um, next week we're going to have a, some dads share uh, kind of on the subject of man versus wild. So I hope you'll join us next week for that. So thanks for, thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your day.